Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name's Panos, and today we're going to be talking about a little bit of a sad topic about dogs that are dealing with grief or that are grieving from a loss of... And today we're going to specifically talk about a dog that has lost another dog in their life, in their pack, not about how a dog can deal with the loss of their owner. Maybe we'll do that in another topic on another episode because I think there's big differences there. But what prompted me to talk about this, first and foremost, I thought I actually did an episode on this somewhere and I looked through the list um, on the podcast app and I could not find that I did do one. I must have been, I must have spoken about it in an episode somewhere. So I'm just going to dedicate this shorter episode to this because twice now this year I've come across dogs very, and there's been a few others here and there, but very mild, but two extreme cases where dogs have lost uh, another dog in, in the house. The One of them was a sibling dog and the one more recently, they weren't sibling dogs. They were the same breed. That doesn't matter, but they did live together and they lo- lived together for a big part of their lives and also... I think they got the puppy at around about four weeks old. Um, he, and the dog that just recently passed away, his name's Thor. An awesome Roddy. I love that dog so much. Um, rest in peace, Thor. You're a good boy. And to Jess and the family, I'm sorry and my condolences to you guys. And losing a dog is never, never, ever a good time in our lives. And the first topic of discussion here is all about, is all about, Grieving for people and dogs differ between every single individual. So don't mix up your grieving and how you deal with the situation and how other people deal with it, whether it's your spouse, your, 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 your children, and in this case, your dog. Some dogs lose another dog in the house and they're like, whatever, I don't even notice any difference. We just go about our life. Some dogs may be looking around for a couple of days, acting a little bit strange, Sometimes dogs lose their appetite, they don't eat. In some extreme cases, they don't even drink any water, they don't want to get up, they look really mopey. And in this case, Daisy's um, looking really upset, sad, um, not energetic. I'm actually going to pull up the message here and see what what she says. Daisy just isn't being Daisy. There's no excitement in her, showing no interest in playing, not fussed on walks. She's all over the shop. We've allowed her to be inside more on her bed just to be with us, but at the moment, now she just goes outside and cries and barks. Just not sure what we should do, focusing on to cheer her back up. She was just four weeks old when we got her, so that's all she's known. So there's a few things there that we'll unpack. I guess the first thing we'll talk about is being proactive. So if you're listening to this, your dogs that you own currently are all healthy and alive. What should you do so that we can minimize the situation when it comes, because it's inevitable. Dogs don't live long enough. We lose too many dogs in our life, which is really sad. However, the positive to that means that we get to accumulate more dogs in our life, more good memories. And another thing as well, which is worth mentioning is the more you have the capacity to love, then you have the equal amount of suffering that you can that you can go through losing that love. So I don't think the answer is not to love so that you don't have the, the pain of losing, I think that's just the price to pay. Now, some people, after they lose a dog, they're like, I won't get another dog again because I'm going to love them so much and I'm going to go through that pain. And just for me, I don't know how that sits. I just think that's like in terms of life, well, I don't want to experience or ha- um, too many things and have such a good time because it's going to be a big loss when I start to wither away and, and knowing that my, my final days are coming. So I just, 
I just don't know about that. But of course, there is a metric. You love your dog just a little bit, then you have a little bit of suffering when they go. You have a lot of love, then you have a lot of suffering. So now some people deal with that a lot um, differently than others, which then means, oh, sorry, I've already, I've already said that, but I think it's really important. I don't think I finished that point is that someone may, in terms of people, maybe crying every day, every thought of, of their dog, seeing their dog's bed on the ground makes them feel empty. And, you know, you have to now adjust your whole entire life around what's happening. Some people want to sit in that for a little bit longer than others. And others want to go, hey, life is happening. We're going to move on quicker. And you think you may be one or the other until you go through it, you have no idea. And it is pretty confronting to go through, especially if you haven't gone through losing a dog, um, you know, in the past, you know, the dog that you have now is your first dog or, or maybe your your first dog as, as an adult. So you don't know what that's going to be like. So, you know, I think just don't judge it and don't put too many expectations on yourself. So being proactive would be about ensuring that all of your dogs have some sort of purpose. Purpose comes through you know, obedience training, loose lead walking, rituals within your, your household, rituals in terms of what we do, how we do them, before feeding time, this, at feeding time, that, you know, so have some sort of purpose, have some structure, do all the things that this whole podcast explains to you how to do it and what to do. Make sure that you're giving your dog a job and you're fulfilling them on, on, a, on a biological, mental and physical level. You have to make sure that every one of your dogs are independent. You need to make sure that you can put one dog in the crate, one dog in the backyard and another dog in the front yard and all separate from each other. And then different, different, um, rotations of that one one of those dogs that was in the front yard can go into the crate that dog was in the crate in the backyard vice versa you get my point so i've got three dogs and i literally do that and the reason for that that's not just so that when one of them passes away they don't get upset or they don't get too affected it's not about that i think that's a good symptom or a good byproduct of that but i need to be able to separate my dogs one dog's injured one dog's got diarrhea has to fast for the day they're eating their bones. I need to put one away because of whatever, or one's injured themselves, or I'm taking chili to work, but Nookie's about to go groom, go, go, go to a grooming situation. My mum may need to drop her off, so I drop her to my parents' house. My dogs don't live in each other's pockets. They're not Velcro dogs to each other. Having independent dogs really helps with that situation when we do lose one of them that we don't have um, a big fallout. Now, in saying this as well, I'm, I'm giving you things to think about but the truth is, if your dogs live with each other, they live with each other. Yes, they're going to live most of the time. Like right now, all three of my dogs are with each other right now. I'm saying, can they just have that time to be independent so that they know what they are to themselves and don't only identify themselves within their pack or their unit of other dogs? Same goes with us people as well. But again, that's not a, we're not talking about a separation-related topic today. It's more about, does your dog have independence do they have purpose? And also, do they have a strong and stable relationship with you as the owner, as a handler, rather than their strongest bond being with another dog and then you're secondary to that? I do prefer that. Now, again, depending on your living situations, it just is what it is. Some people just have their dogs living how they live and, and then when one of them passes away, they go through a grieving process and then we just have to, like there's not many dogs that don't come back out of it. They may change, but most dogs will come back out of it. So my, I guess my point here is that if you have a strong, stable relationship, when things happen and things change, you move one dog on, one of, and look, and, and in this case, actually, I'm not sure if Thor, I'm pretty sure Thor passed away at the vet. So I think they took Thor away and then Thor never came back, sort of the situation where sometimes dogs die in front of the other dog. Some dogs die more, die more traumatically, some more peacefully. Most of the dogs and all the dogs that I've owned 
um, have been assisted in death through euthanasia, so it's just not the same. But one of the times when Ace passed away, he passed away in our backyard and the vet came over and and our, and, and, our, and Spades actually came and lay down with us. He, I have a feeling he knew what was happening, but how can he get the concept of a vet making a... Did he see what happened? Of course, all of that stuff's going on. I don't know how much the dog actually understood what was happening, but more importantly for this point is that my dog was there to see it happen. Does that affect how, how it all goes down? I'm not sure. I don't know how it goes when uh, is Daisy in this situation truly upset because the, the the lack of thaw? I believe so. Or is it that she's responding because of the hormones and the chemicals and, and the, the pheromones that, that, the, that the people are putting off the owners? So, the, you know, there's so many variables of what makes a dog do what. And that's why in the conversation, what is she feeling? How does she feel? I, mean, I don't know. what. Like, I can only go off a dog's observations. Sorry, I can only go off the observations of the dog's body language and their patterns of behavior and their demeanor and their energy and their spirit. So you can only see that and then try to help them through it. So if you can be proactive in those three things, ensuring your dog has a purpose, make sure that they can be independent, they have a strong relationship with you, then another point to hit on, and this is like a not to do, is never get a dog for you for your dog. You only get a dog for yourself or for the family or for we want an extra dog, not I'm getting another dog so that Daisy now has a friend or I should get another dog so that my dog has companionship because I just don't, like that poses a whole lot of other issues as well, which again, we've discussed in, in other in other episodes. And another episode that you should de- definitely go and check out is multi-dog homes. Check that episode out and don't have the number on hand right now. Just going to search that in your podcast app. And that, will, that has me going through um, a myriad of different things that you should be considering when you have multiple dogs. And some of the, as I said, some of the byproducts of that means that in these sort of situations, we can all kind of deal with it and have a bit of structure and routine happening. So making sure that what, what Jess should do now with Daisy is, first of all, live life, continue to live life. We don't lay off the walks, which hasn't been happening at their house. But sometimes, you know, because we can be feeling quite depressed and not sure what to do that we kind of, you know, either adopt new bad habits, you know, and just to kind of go through it, like get through the hard time, the tough times, or we we adjust what we're actually, what our routines are. If you walk once or twice a day, keep up your walks once or twice a day. Training every day, working on some sort of fulfillment, get your dog a little bit more active in the times of active, and then of course, rest and, and, and time to feel sad and down. Watching TV, you can be with us. A few things where I find people make the mistake is she's not eating, so now I'm going to change the diet. She's not sleeping well, so I'm going to sleep with her or she's going to sleep on the bed. Now, again, if that's what you want to do, go for it. You know, you have the right to do whatever you like. But in terms of behavior that can be, that can manifest from this, in terms of wild, intense separation distress, Dogs that can't leave your side won't eat unless you cook their food in the microwave with certain special gravy or whatever. So what could happen here is that because you feel bad for your dog that's grieving and going through the loss, that we start to change what we do as our structure and routine. And I advise against that. Keep up what you're doing. Just ex- just know that you're going to expect some odd behaviors and out of or out of the ordinary behaviors over the next four to six weeks. So leave some room for adjust, adjusting your expectations over that four to six weeks. And the reason why I say four to six weeks is four to six weeks is generally the time where a dog will adapt into a new environment. If I if I acquired a new dog, it'll take them about four to six weeks to go, hey, this is my new life now. 
So you have to think about you're creating a new life now for Daisy and Daisy now has a new way of living and that requires you guys to stay patient. It's all shell shock in terms of it was such a sudden death for Thor, poor guy. Um, things just happened overnight sort of thing. So there was no time to prepare. But if you're listening to this, you have time to prepare, do all the things that I've mentioned and we have to love our dogs as much as we can and appreciate them as much as we have while we have them. And then not just for dogs, but for our own life and for the people and the things in our life at the moment. Just take a time to think about the dogs you have lost and the appreciation you have for them, the ones that you may lose in the future, and how you can how you can give them the best opportunity so that in the future times we can go through it, but it all comes down to what we do today. So if you have lost a dog and you're listening to this and you're trying to get some advice, I'm sorry to hear for your loss and I hope you guys stay strong. Remember all the good times. If you're being proactive and going, hey, I don't want to go through all of that. I don't want my dog to go through all of that. Then I'm going to take on some of this. And again, some of the things that I'm mentioning you here should be done even if you only had one dog at home. You still should be giving fulfillment. Make sure they're independent. Make sure they have a strong, stable relationship with you and all of that good stuff. Just sometimes we forget when you have two, three, four dogs that that's four times, 16 times the amount of effort to do. But more importantly is that do the like how do the dogs identify themselves because if they did live in like a wild world where they had to rely on each other then that's on them to kind of go through it all but in this way that we live now i think we can equip our dogs with enough skills for example and i'm only assuming i'm sorry jess but if daisy only went for a walk with thor only and again i could be wrong and i hope that you guys were doing heaps of separate individual stuff because i'm sure i probably would have said that along the way because i'm really adamant about that and again, you guys may have done all the right things, everything that I've mentioned to you and some and still have this sort of situation. So again, I don't have the crystal ball as my career starts to approach now 12 years of training dogs. I'm probably going to start seeing a lot more of these sort of situations, which then means my advice can get better and better. As I see more, I can experience more than give better advice to you people. So, um, but I hope this answers your um your question jess i know we had a, sp- um, a chat on the phone but i thought he you can listen to it again and the rest of the family can tune in and for anyone else out there hope it benefits you guys hope all of you are having a great day and i know this was a little bit of a sad and grim um episode i guess it was quite appropriate since it was it is halloween today while i'm recording this so you know the um we're going to call on the old ancient spirits to come and for us to remember. And I think that's where the roots of Halloween came from so that we can remember the ones, our answers, the ones that came before us, not about being scared and getting treats, but there's, there's, there's a deep honor in our relay in the ones that have left us. So, um, so, so Thor, you, you, you add to that collection and, and you are some, a dog that I will remember forever because I had a lot of good times with you and we love your big buff head. But anyway, I'm going to start rambling. I hope you're all well. And until next episode, have a great day or night. See y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training my website npdogtraining.com or my youtube channel nutris pooches thanks for listening guys my name is luke if you'd like to find out more about my dog training services you can find me at www 
Kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, .com.au. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Kizuna Canine Training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.